Tyler. Yeah. What is hard money? That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to the Utah Real Estate Show podcast, the show where two agents and a lender teach real estate best practices by talking through mistakes we've seen and made. But really what hard money is, it's the ability to use funds that look and act like cash, but aren't Mm -hmm. cash. But it is a loan. It's more of a math problem and a calculation of like, what's that home worth? What am I comfortable lending? Okay, let's do it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Utah Real Estate Show. I am Tyler Kazare, Utah real estate agent. Jason Christiansen, mortgage lender. Eric West, Utah real estate agent. And we have an awesome special guest today, Matt Strong. He's our hard money guru. So call Matt if you need some hard money. Awesome. Thanks guys for having me. I look forward to it. Yeah, thanks for being here. So we want to get this started right off the bat. What is hard money? Man, hard money. Okay, so there's there's a couple of different ways to look at hard money. And then one of your next questions is going to be a common term that people use for both hard money called private money too, right? Mm-hmm. So the right. way I think about hard money is this. It's it's kind of based off, or off the philosophy of it's, a, it's lending against a hard asset. Different from, Jason, what you do is like traditional underwriting, like tax returns, bank statements, blood type, all that kind of garbage, <laughs> right? Hard money, I am more interested in the asset that we are using as collateral. Typically, it's a home, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is a hard asset. I'm lending mostly against that hard asset. So that's kind of where hard money comes. But really what hard money is, it's the ability to use funds that look and act like cash, but mm-hmm. aren't cash. But it is a loan, and typically I'm in first position, and it's more of a it's more of a math problem and a calculation of like what's that home worth, what am I comfortable lending, okay, let's do it right. And so it is typically a little bit more expensive than say private money, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. But but hard money for me anyway, and a lot of hard money lenders will will do an application or they'll underwrite a little bit differently. But I am mostly worried about the collateral being the home. The current condition, what it could be worth, where I'm comfortable lending, and the rest is in a little bit secondary. Obviously, I want to know the person. They have a pulse. They're alive. They, you know, have some sort of capability <laughs> to do the job and the project. But I'm not concerned about their W-2, their tax return, their ability to repay. Because if this deal goes bad, I got to be comfortable taking the house back. And the other thing with hard money versus say a traditional loan or cash is it generally is a short period of time. My average loan turnaround is about seven seven months. (laughs) So it's a short term, or it should be a short term. We can talk about some of the do's and don'ts. Like using hard money, (laughs) you know, using hard money for a long period of time is gonna bury you unless you got a really, really good deal. So, and then um, does that kind of help understand what hard hard money is? What's private money? Okay, so private money would be more of what I consider like, say, Tyler, you've got a pile of cash. You're my buddy. I'm going to come to you and say, hey, here's this deal. I'm going to buy this fix and flip. I'm going to hold on to it for six months. You're savvy and sophisticated because you've generated that much money and you have that much money in your account. But you're not doing this as like your day-to-day business. So typically, private money will be a little cheaper and more flexible than hard money. Hard money is another difference difference is 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 I'm kind of running this as a business, right? So I'm gonna probably be a little bit more expensive and have a little bit more um, strings attached, I guess, than private money. Like I'd come to you and be like, hey, I'm buying this for a hundred, it needs twenty in repair, you just give me hundred and twenty thousand. And most times guys are like, Yeah, sure. But I'm gonna look at it and go, okay. 
what's the ARV? And we'll talk about all these terms. Yeah. Maybe I'd only do 80,000. Okay. Right? So private is maybe a little closer. Mm-hmm. Hard money is maybe more from someone that like runs okay. it as a business. Okay. Arm's length. Uh, yeah. That's a good that's a good explanation of that. Mm-hmm. I know that one gets confused a lot yes. because it almost feels like it's the same type of loan because it's basically just off of that asset. But there's a difference, like you said, is somebody's doing it more as a friend yeah. versus a business. A lot of times people will get private money for like their rehab funds or something like that. Yeah, let's talk about why. Yeah. Why hard money? Why private money? Why? Well, typically, so most of my borrowers are buying some sort of distressed property, whether it's financial distress, it's just timing distress, or it's uh, like a, a lot of times it's like a grandma estate sale mm-hmm. house. And typically there's some sort of urgency that requires that offer to process really quick, quicker than like a traditional bank loan mm-hmm. could get you. Mm-hmm. But also because the condition of the home is such that, you know, m- most lenders that like, a you know, Wells Fargo or something, they're never going to touch it. Because it's in garbage condition. I want carpet. I don't want holes in the walls. I need all the fixtures to work. Exactly. Well, yeah. I don't so care you said about that. quick turnaround. Like, what do you? No. What do you mean? Like, how quick is quick? Well, because like lenders, I mean, he start. I mean, we've had loans go through in three weeks and sometimes two weeks. But can you do hard money faster than that? Uh, we've done it in you know five hours at times. <laughs> that's so pretty, that's, that's pretty fast. And, yeah. fast <laughs> yeah. and that's why hard money matters for quick transactions. Exactly. Okay. Because a lot of times. People have a plan, mm-hmm. but they sometimes don't have a good plan. Like a lot of times borrowers will call me and they're like, they thought they had private money lined up. And then Uncle Bob's like, oh, oh, just kidding. Like, yeah. I can't I'm help you with that. No way I'm doing <laughs> and that. And so they have maybe non-refundable earnest money. And so, you know, this is, this happened like a couple of weeks ago where a borrower that I'd loaned to multiple times, you know, they were working on private money, which I'm always in favor. Like the better deal you can get, go for it, right? Like you'd be mm. dumb to come to me just because you like me and spend more money, right? <laughs> but, so he called me, he's like, uh, my lender's bailing. This was like at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, if you can get me everything over right now, we could probably get it done. So he got me everything over. I had loan docs to him by noon. We funded Jeez. and recorded by three o'clock. This is afternoon. just a question wow. for me. Well, how big is your stack of loan docs? Because I mean, so I benefit, you know, you got to have some sort of a team and a process. Mm-hmm. So I do have a very predictable process because we do so much volume where I have a preferred title company, the attorney's kind of on like on retainer, so to speak. But we've done this so many times, it's kind of plugging in, you know, address, legal description, loan amount. Mm-hmm. So my loan documents, they look kind of scary. They're maybe like 27 okay. pages, but it's it's the typical stuff, right? Like. Deed of trust, promissory note, personal guarantee, mm-hmm. disclosure that mm-hmm. this is way more expensive than Wells Fargo, you know, <laughs> those kind of things, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a full package. It, okay. it feels and looks like a regular loan. You say you've got a, a process. What yeah. what is what is your process? I, like Matt, I need some money. That's a great question. So the the most successful outcome is usually both sides being fairly organized, especially if you need something to happen quick. So I have. Again, my number one priority is really preservation of capital, meaning I don't want to lose my investors' money. So it's my job to make sure that that is safe. We're underwriting the collateral the correct way and the, the, the value the correct way. After that, I really want to make things as easy as possible. I don't like a bunch of extra fluff or unnecessary 
rules or requirements that don't make any sense. Like you see it all the time with some of it's like, why are we having the bar we're signed? It's got to be 72 hours from yeah. five o'clock on a yeah. Tuesday. And, I, I can't mm-hmm. close in less than seven days. Yeah. It's illegal. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. Right. So it's like, does <laughs> the value there. Okay. I've like, I want to know some things about the property, like what the borrower thinks the value is, what their repairs are, you know, and then I'll independently verify it. But I have like a two page checklist. And then really the transactional documents. I need the, the rep C if they're buying it in an LLC. I need their entity docs. So where we can move fast is someone that's done it multiple times mm. with me. It's like rinse and repeat, go, go, go. It's just a different property. Let's evaluate it. So what I'll do yeah. is I'll evaluate what I think that future value is, also known as the ARV after repair value. I'll take a look at the property to see what kind of condition, see if I agree with the rehab number. How do you look at the property? So a lot of times, uh, man, these wholesalers, they, they do such a good job these days. A lot of my, I bet maybe a third of my loans come from a wholesaler um, or at least a borrower buying it from a mm-hmm. wholesaler. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So what's wholesaling? Well, that's a whole yeah. nother show you guys yeah, are going yeah, to have to do. Okay. Have to do <laughs> so. Wholesalers are those guys that are out there. If anyone owns a property, they've getting they've gotten a mailer or a mm-hmm. robocall or a text like, hey, we'll buy your house. Mm-hmm. So these are guys going direct to sellers, tying up a property and then selling it kind of off market before they do repair. So they are selling... They're buying low and selling a little bit higher with yep. doing nothing. Doing nothing. That's a wholesaler. That's a wholesaler. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, and so, but, but a lot of those transactions, I mean, when they see him come, I see him come through. Hey, we have to close in six days. We have yep. to do this. You have to do that. Yeah. We can't get a traditional loan, or the whole bottom floors tore up. He's not going to lend on it. Right. So then that kind of turns it into. Is this going to be a fix and flip or is this going to be maybe a buy and hold? Yeah. And I need to go get hard money. And how does hard money play into, say, a fix and flip or a buy and hold procedure? Well, so so let me answer that. But but how I evaluate it, like a lot of times why I mentioned the wholesalers, they've gotten so great because they need to paint that picture for the buyer with as much clarity as possible. So they'll do those Matterport 3D tours. They'll so have nice a they do that. <laughs> big stack of pictures. And so... I, I mean, I worry about it, but like I need to just be like 90% mm-hmm. close. The borrower needs to be 100% close because let me just rewind a little bit. How I normally set up my hard money, this kind of goes into um, the structure, is I will typically get a down payment from the borrower. How much? My average is 15%. I will sometimes do 100, maybe it's 90, maybe it's- Depends it's, on the situation. Depends on the on situation, the right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm coming in at say 85% of the purchase price, the borrower's bringing in the down payment, plus they have their own rehab funds, they're pretty well committed and they're committing to add that value. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say the rehab ends up being 60, that's on their dollar, not mine. You know, unless the deal goes totally bad, right? Then I gotta come in and fix it. But yeah. that's where I'm saying like, Yes, I like. Let's say they think it's a hundred. I think it might be one hundred and twenty remodel. I, I'm good because we're close enough. Because they're gonna mm-hmm. end up doing it anyway. I've had people ask, "Well, getting a loan is expensive," and I said, "Well, it's <laughs> it's not." But then I've also had people. Well, they say, "Well, actually, hard money can be cheaper than well, a traditional on finance." On how depends on how you. Yep. It may seem more expensive, but because of how it's being used it can actually be a little bit cheaper. So like when you go and say, okay, hey, there's a, like I would say like a standard deal that you're doing that's like a five, $600,000 deal. How do you, does your fees change per deal? Do they, are they negotiable? Uh, I'm not they, that, I'm not that smart to remember who I told what to what. <laughs> so I'm just kind of known as the two and 12 guy. 
I don't size up the deal. Mm-hmm. A, a two point or two percentage is like your origination fee or your upfront fee. So <laughs> two points. What is let's that? do a math problem then. Yes. Let's say let's say I commit to fund a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. When okay. I talk about a point, a point is one percent. Okay. So a thousand times two would be so my loan fee would be two thousand dollars. On a hundred thousand dollars. On a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Ten thousand on five hundred. Ten thousand on five hundred. Mm-hmm. Easy numbers. Yep. Easy numbers. And then my interest rate is a twelve percent annual rate. So so uh, I'll go slow here. Write it down. Mm-hmm. Let's say in this example I fund a hundred thousand dollars. What you're going to do to calculate my per day of interest is go a hundred thousand times twelve percent or okay. times point one two. Right. That gives you what. $12,000, that's your annual cost. Mm-hmm. But I'm charging for the days that you have it outstanding. So then we use the 360 day calendar to calculate okay. interest. So take 12,000, divide it by 360. That gives you your per day cost of the money. Gotcha. So if you want to be motivated, write down that per day interest cost, because every day you wake up, <laughs> yeah. you're already a hundred bucks. Give me a hundred bucks. Give me a hundred and fifty bucks you know? today. So then it's very simple. Then you calculate the total cost of the loan. You add the points plus however many days of interest Mm -hmm. plus the amount that you borrowed. That's your payoff. So and, that, and that's all paid at the yeah, end. Say, is, it, closing, is it monthly right? payments? Great can, question. Can you, can you negotiate that? Like, or is it all paid at the end? Everyone's different. There's, I would say in at least the Utah market, I would say most of the lenders require monthly payments, hard money lenders. Um, uh, maybe I'm lazy, but I just do two accounting periods. We fund the loan, and then there's a balloon payment when you're, when you're done. Yeah, when you're so all the interest and the points will accrue and just be a balloon payment. So the quick way to do it, if you want to estimate, like I said, I set my loans up for six months. My average payback is seven months, roughly. The dirty way to do this is take whatever amount you're getting committed to be funded. So let's go back to our example of 100,000, mm-hmm. times that by 1.08 that gets you pretty darn close to what your cost of money is for six months because you're gonna have two points mm-hmm. up front and then a 12% annual rate is basically the equivalent of yes. one, point yeah, gotcha. one point a month. So one times six months plus the original two, yeah, that's 8%. So if you're just like, what is this gonna cost me? 100,000, eight grand. So going back to like, yes, that's more expensive than a regular loan, but even with a regular loan, like I don't have any other fees. I don't have appraisal, doc prep, you know, flood cert, underwriting. And you guys typically will charge like at least a point, right? Or half a point, mm-hmm. depending on the deal. Mm-hmm. Depends. Now, so the upfront cost is probably similar. Clearly it goes way quicker with less red tape. And then my monthly or my my daily rate is way more, right? But it's, it's the cost of having that speed and flexibility yeah. of pretty much like, hey, I got a good deal, fund it. Okay, done. Well, yeah. here's the other you thing. Know? Like if you go to a traditional uh, residential lender, and you ask them for a loan for six months, if they're thinking straight, they're gonna tell you no, because yeah. we have an early payoff fee that's greater than the commission we make. Yep. So I will lose money doing your loan unless I structure yeah. it really funky. And I, that's, yeah. a, that's a really good point. And so at the end, I'm gonna share whoever wants it, my fix and flip and burr calculator. But it think of mm-hmm. the cost of money as it's just part of the math problem. It's like you got your rehab costs, you've got your title fees, you got your money costs. When you yeah. factor in and know how to factor it in, then you just negotiate so your profit still makes sense mm-hmm. and you account for the money. Well, the other thing right? is 
is the cost of not doing anything. Like in this market right now, you wait three months. I had clients that wait three months about exactly a year ago, <laughs> and the price of the house they were looking up went for up 40 grand. Yeah. So yeah, hard money is expensive, but waiting sometimes. Well, let's say expensive. you don't have the yeah. cash, right? Like let's say you want to buy that flip that's 300 grand. You're going to sell it for 450. It needs 40 in repair. Let's say you might project to make, let's say you had all cash and you're like, oh, I'm going to wait. I don't want to borrow money. I'm going to wait till I have all cash and I can make 50 grand. Okay. Or you could borrow high, hard money and make 38. Would you rather I'd still rather, make, make yeah. 38 Something, or make zero? Yeah. Yeah. That's the real question. You know, wait 10 years to save up yeah. all the money to do it. So, I mean, you got to use leverage responsibly, right? But um, I mean, heck, I, I loan money at two and 12 all day long and I still like, I borrow all the time. Yeah. myself right because it's like you know at some point you run out of money <laughs> you know you're, you're always running out of money so i know from experienced flippers they usually come to me when they've run out of all their hard or their private money because at some point as you progress you do develop those relationships with the rich uncle the neighbor yeah. the old boss mm -hmm. it's like hey you know give me a little bit better deal on this and for them it's a way better deal than sitting their money at less than a percent in some money market mm -hmm. account yeah. and so a lot of new borrowers, just like I needed it, they they need the service for hard money. As you progress, you really kind of only need it when you're like, okay, I just picked up three more properties, I'm tapped out. Like, yeah, I need let's something, use hard I need money. Now. So we know you have a lot of flips and you've got some buy and holds. What's the strategy there? Well, man, I, we could do a whole episode on- Do you wanna come back for those episodes? Sure, those the, episodes? the greatest <laughs> okay. strategy ever is the burr strategy which goes hand in hand with like not necessarily a flip but like buying with hard money on an undervalued property rehabbing it yeah. re-renting it and then yeah, this have. is where you come in where we tag team mm -hmm. refinancing it with a 30-year fixed loan and in an ideal situation again the burr buy rehab rent refinance repeat. and then repeat, repeat right and so if you do it right you can do that, use hard money, rehab it, refinance it, pull all of your money out, refinance it with a 30 year fixed loan. Not only that, you'll be no money out of pocket, but you know if you do it right, you're still cash flowing and then your return is infinite. Yeah. And yeah. you really have to do that with either cash or hard money and then a, a refinance yeah. loan. Yes, it doesn't make sense thing. to go buy it with your loan and then turn around and try to pay the extra money to refinance it in a year because now you're paying tons of fees. Yep. yep. And it doesn't make sense. And that's where hard money can be cheaper because you're doing this and you're only paying his fees once instead of going through and doing all these other ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, every time I hear hard money and like what you just described on how you'll look at a property in you know, 30 minutes and that's what you make your decision. There's gotta be some horror stories that you've had. Not every deal you've done has worked out this perfectly. This like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. No well, okay, I'm gonna answer that in, in, in two examples. One, from the standpoint of maybe being a lender that you don't know what you're doing. And then two, maybe a borrower that you okay. don't know what you're doing. But before I say that, like my, my career started flipping and I didn't start doing hard money till about 10 years ago. But since 2004, I've been flipping. I've done probably close to 450 flips in you know Utah mm -hmm. and I've lost plenty of money flipping <laughs> homes because so not everyone is an HDTV no, 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 nine no, no, million no, no, dollar no. you know you you I've win lost, everyone, I, I right? mean I, granted I've hopefully made it back but I've lost about 450,000 bucks flipping homes over the years I figure about if you're doing high volume I mean unless you're just amazing like I just figure you, you know I'm losing money or breaking even on about 10% 
of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're moving, you're running so fast. There were a couple of years where we we're doing 60 homes a, a year Holy and we just God. couldn't like, we just like dropped the ball. Like we just weren't, mm-hmm. we didn't have yeah. the infrastructure set up to do it. But so you can lose money doing all of this. <laughs> and yes. if you do it long enough, you're the most amazing investor on earth if you never lose money. But man, I've lost plenty of money on flips, not so much on the hard money because you know the market's been good and I'm in a different spot being in first position. So this is one example mm-hmm. oh, where I've seen people lose money. We need to find what's first position. Okay, great. So first position means that you have the first or priority lien on the property, secondary to like taxes and some different things. Yeah. But but generally, if I loan you a hundred grand and I'm in first position, if you sell the property for 200,000, or let's say you sell whatever you sell it for, you are obligated to pay me off first. Mm-hmm. First. Mm-hmm. If you're in second position, after the first position's been paid, mm-hmm. then you're in line to get paid next. <clears throat> so where I've seen private lenders or other hard money lenders take a bath is when they didn't quite understand the value of the property, mm-hmm. nor did they understand the terms of the loan in first position and they went in second position and they just got upside down because mm-hmm. the borrower maybe talked them in that the house was worth more than it was mm-hmm. and they maybe talked them into doing down payment plus all the rehab. Maybe they overspent, you know, they took longer. My loan balance crept up. This has happened a few times, unfortunately, and the person in second position didn't end up getting all their money back. No. Second place is the first loser, right? Second place, there, that's the best, that's, second place is the first loser. That's yes. exactly right, that's exactly right. So that's one spot where if you don't know what you're doing and you're lending money, I, I, I hate to say it, but I've seen it multiple times where the second position lender lost some or all of their money because they didn't quite understand the value. Or even worse, this is where you gotta be really careful, go through a title company, do your research on the title. I've had, you know, because you can always get a squirrely borrower that Mm -hmm. doesn't have the best intentions. They'll maybe talk someone in thinking, oh, hey, you're really in second position. But maybe that person's really in third or fourth position because they're just scrambling to raise money to finish the deal. So I feel pretty good being in first position. Now, I have to navigate that sometimes and be a little bit of a mediator. You know, it's like, hey, you're you're toast. Come to reality here. (laughs) Let's work on this, you know. And, um, and unwind it. But it, being in first position in my shoes, man, it's hard to lose. Now, I have lost doing this. This is the second example because um, my riskiest position as a lender is let's say they're halfway through a really heavy remodel. So this one example up in the avenues, it was a very challenging remodel. Like, I don't even know if I would have taken it on. And I was maybe a little too quick to be like, yeah, let's do it, you know, because I'd done a few loans for this borrower. But they got halfway, well, not even halfway through, they got about a quarter way through. They didn't pull the permits. There was foundation stuff they needed to do. And they got red tagged. And they were doing everything wrong. They were taking money from other people, saying it was going towards the property, and it wasn't. (laughs) And so that one was a nightmare because it was right around the time of COVID. And we filed for a, a foreclosure, basically. So do and you, as you're going through this real quick, as a lender, do you ask for updates on how projects are going? Well, absolutely, but it's also my job to be proactive okay. and to get those updates myself. Because again, uh, preservation of capital is rule number one. So if I can see that that borrower's clicking along, like I don't need a lot of updates, and Facebook, social media is the best thing for a hard money lender, because everyone shows off what they're doing, so it's mm-hmm. like, 
you know, hey, how's Tyler's house doing? <laughs> oh, he just drywalled. Oh, he's doing okay. Check it out. Yeah, you know? there it is. Right. Huh. And so, so honestly, you know, and I have a VA that that helps me keep track of you know certain things. Like right now, virtual um, assistant. Jason. Yeah, virtual assistant. Yeah, his smoke, I, smoke's coming out of dude. Head. I have Veterans Association <laughs> administration helping out. Like, congratulations. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I got, I got a bunch of retired guys at the VA. <laughs> <laughs> Because you want to mess with. Where's my money? Yeah, but you got to keep track of what's going on. So this one just got out of hand. Like they were robbing from Peter to pay, not even Paul. They were robbing from Peter to pay their Judas. vacations, <laughs> you know. And so they ran out of money. They were halfway through. The city was all mad at them. One of their quote unquote equity investors lost a ton of money. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Ended up, and long story short, they sued every, like when things go bad, people just start suing everybody. So we got wrapped up in it. It took, because of COVID, it took like nine or 10 months to unwind. We eventually won, but at the end of the day, like I lost money because I spent a ton of money on attorney's fees. And um, so lesson learned there was, I don't know, I probably still would have done the same loan again. I just would have been quicker to pull the rug out from underneath them. Once I knew they were up to no good, I just, I kind of let them, like, I believe their story a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, they just, they did a little bit more work. They're going to get it done. <laughs> but I should have just called their bull crap. It's just called the bluff. It's like, we're done. Mm. Yeah. So that's where, like, you can go wrong, even though the collateral and the upside's good. So fast forward. Oh, whoops. The, um, I, I ended up foreclosing, taking the property back, mm-hmm. sold it to another borrower. And he took it. And, oh, man, I mean, the markets helped him out, but he did what should have been done from day one and and he made that property worth so much you know wow. i actually still have the loan on that same property kind of double dipped on the same property and so it sometimes it takes you know i learned this in business school horses for courses sometimes that horse that's running that course really isn't supposed to run that course <laughs> it doesn't mean that the course is hard it just means that we got the wrong horse on it right mm-hmm. so i finally got the right borrower that had the skills and capability and knocked to it out do the, the project and so you do kind of got to be careful that yeah. you know some people can be really excited like no we can do this we can do this like nah you can barely put in carpet you, you can't do a hundred thousand dollar foundation repair so you kind of end know? up kind of vetting the skill set of every yeah. borrower that you find and you're like hold on how much work have you done in this space? No, and like, I don't know, this is maybe very unscientific and it probably doesn't trump a credit score, but you can, you can learn a lot from somebody just in the way they call you back, email you, totally send you agree. documents. Like I would prefer for versus a credit score to just like check out their car, you know, like see if it's clean, <laughs> you know, see how they drive. Like, okay, that tells you a lot about somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. interesting. You know, I do the same thing when a real estate agent says, how quick can we close? I said, let me talk to the borrower. And then I say, send me your stuff. Yes. And if, if I get it in a few minutes, I'm like, yeah, we'll close super quick. If they're like, I'll get it to you on Tuesday. I'm like, uh, it's like a week away. Right. And then if they send you JPEGs of the contract, we all have, because that's all, that's happening to every one of us yeah. here. Yeah. Everybody else who's not in the industry is like, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know how to work a PDF, you yeah. know, in one file? <laughs> oh, my favorite, and I'm sure it is for you guys, when you get, like, this is what I need, and they send it back to you, like, more organized than I would. It's like, okay, how much money do you need? So when you back to what you just said of like, how much money do you need? Like, is there a limit? Like if somebody calls up and asks and is like, Hey, I need $2 million, like, or three million, like, is there a limit to hard money or like they just feel stupid for asking or is it more about the deal 
And this isn't a on, personal on, question at all. But on, how much will you lend? No, I've, on, I've, on everything. I, dude, I declined you earlier today. We're not, <laughs> I, I know you, you did decline. Right well, I wasn't going to bring that up because that was our problem. But we did get a hard money application declined by this guy because our deal wasn't good enough. It was too risky for what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and that, and after it was explained a lot more, we're like, okay, well, we saw it from one side, but the lender mm-hmm. said, hey, in this situation. It's not necessarily bad. It's just too risky for what I'm trying sure. to do. Or it doesn't fit like my bucket. Like mm-hmm. that one was like a construction loan. Mm-hmm. And those for me, they're a little bit more challenging to do mm-hmm. just because I'm not set up to be a servicer and stuff like that. But my average loan amount is about 325000 mm-hmm. That's typically what I see it's coming tiny. in the door. Yeah, it is. But today we I funded my largest loan I've ever done, which was $5.1 million for some downtown wow. property that's going to be an apartment. That's so that was kind of cool. On Tuesday, what was that? Yeah, maybe. I don't like, but that's an anomaly for mm-hmm. me because um, in some ways that's a good because that's like, what is that? Like 15 of my regular loans in one or two points, you know, 12 of them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, (laughs) it's some of my guys would rather spread out. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say they have 5 million. They'd rather spread it out in 10 or 15 loans than maybe all one at a time. Kind of diversify it. So I normally will decline on something larger than a million. This bar was just like, I've worked with him for years. And so it's like, I know he knows what he's doing. And so we put it together, but my comfort level is like really 750 or less. So, and with that, and is hard money a popular thing? Like how much volume in hard money loans would you say you do a year? Like, is it something? Uh, it's, it's organically grown. Right now I have $60 million out in hard money loans. And that's a, that, I mean, that's a pretty significant for as small as we are, because it's pretty much just me and title company. Yeah, you're not that, a that big nationwide hard money loan. No, no, no. I, there was a time where I thought it'd be cool to do a loan in every state. And I got, I, Wait, I'm no. kind of close. I've, I've done like 16 or six. Like one of my bars from Utah is like, I'm doing this duplex in Nome, Alaska. I'm like, let's do it. You know, because like, we're, you know, it's like how random. I'm is checking that, that one know? off the box right now. So I've done uh, Philadelphia, Florida, te- you know, Texas. So, but those are, I found a distraction for me. It's like that whole thing, 10th and hours, just do what you're doing, you're mm-hmm. good at. So I'm definitely the best and the quickest. But that's time. one thing that I wanted to bring up is, you know, hard money is not an uncommon thing. I mean, if you have $60 million out in loans and that's just you here in Utah, there's other hard money lenders here in Utah. You're not the only one. Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't. It, I've like, tried to quantify it, but there's $500 million in hard money loans at any one time. Yeah. And if so more like, than that. think no, about no. that. And that's one of the things like some of the last videos that we've talked about with affordability and economics, like that's where some of these other buyers are coming from. That's where a lot of these other homes could be getting purchased from is hard money lenders well, that are doing different type of investments with this money. Yeah. yeah. You come talk to me and I'm like, not a chance. You know, this is why. And then there you go. Cause it is a sweet deal, but Freddie and Fanny and Ginny say, we're not touching it. This is why. And they're law of large numbers. Like more often than not, it doesn't work. But the ecosystem needs all of us to make it work mm-hmm. because yeah. someone is going to be buying yep. that home from my borrower and they're going to be getting that. Mm-hmm. The buyer of their home is going to be getting a loan from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can't do your job, I'm I'm out of I'm <laughs> You're out of business. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 60 million only goes so far, but you run out of money, just like you were I, talking about. Yep. And you eventually can't And I'm not long term, right? Like, so, yeah. so I need my money to cycle yeah. because, sure. you know, mm-hmm. usually what happens is my guys stick with me. So they get a payoff. Okay, where's the next one? They get a payoff. Where's the next one? And then, next you know, one. organically, I'm growing both my borrower based and my mm-hmm. investor base. 
So, but at some point, you know, you got to be careful with how much risk you have out there. But I am kind of a deal junkie. It's like, man, I get a loan request for four hours. What's going on? You know, where's the, <laughs> I got to talk check to it out. <laughs> Let's go find it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So what did we learn today? Well, my key takeaway is something that Matt said earlier tonight, and that is you should leverage responsibly. We see uh, commercials all the time about doing other things responsibly. If you intend to use leverage, um, whether that's a traditional loan like Jason's loan, whether that's private money from Uncle Bob, or whether that's from Matt doing a hard money loan, make sure that you understand the deal. Make sure you know where your payoffs are, where your profit centers are, how you're gonna exit this property and use that leverage responsibly. Well, I think what I learned or was reminded of is to be successful in real estate, you need a big network. You need to always be learning and you need to have really good contacts with really good people that do different things than you. You need to have really good real estate, you need to have long-term lenders, you need to have all of that. Whether you always do deals together or not, but like you just that comfort level of like, okay, I got this problem, who can help me solve it? Well, one, you could watch this video and learn a little bit about everything, or you can go right. like, oh, Tyler can help me here, you know, Jay is like, so yeah. it does take a village, like what is the saying? Like, you know, go alone and you only get so far, Go with the team or whatever and you go farther that's probably that's a quote for you hey, there you go name the show yeah <laughs> um i love the eight percent easy cost throw eight percent on the money you want to borrow that's how much hard money is going to cost you it's just real quick calculation yep well and remember that hard money is not an uncommon thing it's something that's used a lot uh in investment type of purchases all right, guys, thanks for having me and That's thanks awesome. for paying attention. And then if I can help you with anything related to hard money or flipping or investing, just hit me up. Um, I'm going to leave my phone number in the show notes. And then I always get asked about like my fix and flip and bird calculator. So scan the QR code and I'm happy to share it with you. Well, you have a channel too, right? I do. I do have a little YouTube channel. So it's going to be in the link in the QR code. Awesome. Awesome. And for any of you who've used hard money, give us a little uh, story in the comments here below. Subscribe and let's hear, let's hear some more. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us a text at 801-228-7687. Make sure you mention the show. You can email us at the Utah Real Estate Show at gmail.com. You can watch this show on YouTube and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you learned something or if you really love this show, give us a like on YouTube and drop a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Utah Real Estate Show is a production of Hive Collective at Presidio Real Estate with support from Security Home Mortgage. The NMLS number for Security Home Mortgage is 178787. The NMLS number for Jason Christiansen is 240472, Equal Housing Lender. Not only is this not legal or investment advice, but you should definitely talk to a pro before you make any real estate decision. Every situation is different and should be considered in context. Copyright Jason Christiansen, Eric Wist, and Tyler Kazare. All rights reserved. Talk to you next week. All right, let's get started then. <clears throat> Hard money. I like let's it. Let's go. Perfect. <laughs> Hard money. Let's go. There's some days I don't want people to call me, but I'm back where I'm okay people calling me. So. <laughs> I'm going to say, okay, guys, like and subscribe. You know the drill. Leave us some comments. Okay.